I think we should talk about stress. <laughs> she says in a very... I With this big sigh. that's the perfect uh, time to start off the podcast. Jackie, we need to talk about stress. We need to talk about stress. Uh, we do. It's like, I don't know. So I have the feeling that we're unaware of the stress that the pandemic is causing us. Mm-hmm. And I keep thinking that I just need to keep going and I just need to... and. I think sometimes we're not paying attention to what we need to do and we're not paying attention to our bodies and to our psychological well-being. And I think we're all doing that. So then we set the bar for each other and I, yeah, I'm feeling it. Yeah. I think everyone that I've talked to is feeling it. We don't talk about it in these big group settings, but we talk about it one-on-one, right? And everyone is exhausted and it's the beginning of the semester. Yeah. So there is that sense of like, normally you have a break and then you're ready to go at it again, right? And it doesn't feel like that this time around. It feels like grinding into first gear. You feel Um, that way? Yeah, I do. Uh, One of the teachers in my class in the fall had an interesting description of what he felt like partway through the semester and he described it as saying that he felt like he was in his first year of teaching Uh and rather than having some of the things that were like the secondary thinking piece where you could just do it sort of on autopilot because you were so doing it that he felt like he was rethinking everything and so that he was always stressed because he was all every piece of his life. He was always rethinking if it was okay to do it that way this time. Yeah, that's a good point. I thought that was a really good, insightful way to think about it. Yeah. Yeah, I went to that. They did a stress and burnout webinar and um, I thought it was so well done. First of all, she was an amazing facilitator. So she got people talking in this group of I think we were all academics. We're used to talking about academic things, but not about our personal lives, right? But she got us all talking about stress and the things that we're carrying. And we're all carrying the same things, right? I just came away feeling like that was such a great conversation where we could share, you know, because it's not like you have work and work stress and then that's on one shoulder and then the life stress is on the other shoulder. You carry it all, right? Especially Mm -hmm. now when you're at home working or trying to work to sort of bracket it yeah exactly one of the things from that webinar that she said was that um I think she was talking about the difference between stress and burnout your story about your student I she said that when it's just stress you know you can take a nap or you can have a few nights of good sleep and you feel uh, like ready to go again but when you're in that stage of burnout, it doesn't matter how much you sleep, you still feel tired when you wake up. And uh, that made me think of my very first couple of days. It might have been even the first couple of weeks when I started my job because of that learning curve, right? Like I would just go to work and I would come home and I was just on the couch, like exhausted just because everything was new. But I would say that stress, not burnout, right? That went away, right? It was just kind of that learning curve. But because of COVID, everything is new and we're all in that learning curve. And then that's been sustained over months and months and months of all these changes and adapting to different policies as they come into place. Like there's a lot that people are. Yeah, it's like we're never getting into a new routine, right? Right. It seems to always be new. 
And I think we're pushing back against any change in our old routine still. Mm -hmm. And dealing with all the grief of the things that we're missing or carrying the grief of our students because they're also working through their new normal. And Mm -hmm. so it's not just our own lives that we're carrying for it, right? So we have the recording of your interview coming up. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about Julie? Sure. So Julia Senchuk is a psychotherapist who lives near Brandon, and she also is a sessional instructor for uh, the psychology department here at Brandon University. She was the facilitator of that a webinar that I mentioned, and uh, she was absolutely a fantastic facilitator, and I'm really looking forward to having her on the podcast today. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is going to be a really useful topic I think it's personally also. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's a really good topic. And I I think it's a really, it's a common need. Yeah, I agree. Looking forward to this one. Do I say that every time? I think I might. Looking forward (laughs) to this episode. I get excited about everyone. Me too. (laughs) That's why we're doing this. I know. It's a great, what a great thing to do. I like Excellent. Let's listen to the recording. Hello and welcome to the Research Connection Podcast, the show that brings current expertise and cutting-edge research and connects it with users in the community. Could you talk a little bit about the role of expectations and how that might impact us in the ways we try to respond to meet our own expectations? Um, High self-expectations. We are our worst enemy when it comes to our expectations, um, and we have to recognize that. And with the expectations comes the idea of perfectionism. Uh, Perfectionism is is really tough because it's a way to cope with our anxiety. But the problem is, is that when we cope with this anxiety by using uh, perfectionism, it fuels more anxiety and actually creates higher standards. So it's actually a very vicious circle. Consistently high expectations, like I've just mentioned, and standard work, you're able to switch off and feel guilty if not constantly working. We're in an environment right now where we can work anywhere, point in case, right? (laughs) We're in our homes, our offices. So when do we end that? When do you end the workday and when do you begin the non-work day? Totally. And just that idea that there is no end to the work. I know I definitely feel like that sometimes. And because I'm working from home or because I'm taking my phone with me somewhere, I can always access work or work can always access me. Do you have any thoughts on that whole idea of uh, work-life balance? So I've given the example here of student contact. I know on my emails, my students can contact me any time of the day. So wonderful, great. However, again, where is that boundary? Where is that line that we create for ourselves? And how do we cope with that? The value that you give yourselves beyond your work. What is your identity outside of your work? Do you you know that what that is, what that looks like? Or do you place sole value and identity within your work environment itself and your work status? This is the problem we see when folks retire is that they have a work identity But then when they retire, who do they become? So we have all these amazing workshops for folks in regards to financial. How do we deal with the financial piece when you retire? But what about the emotional piece and who are we when we retire? So that's a a really good piece to think about before we get to that retirement. 
I wonder if you can give us just a basic definition before we get too far into the topic. Could you answer the question, what is stress? So stress is a reaction to an environmental threat is what it is. This is more important, perceived stress. Perceived stress is not measuring the types or frequencies, so how often a stressful event occurs, but rather how an individual feels about the general stressfulness of their life and their ability to handle such stress. What would you say to someone who is realizing that they are way more stressed than they used to be or they're just carrying very high levels of stress? How would you address someone like that? So when we're talking about high stress, we're talking about you are more prone to stress uh, and perhaps have some traits or characteristics that are creating these unhealthy behaviors. Could you identify some of the warning signs that people can look out for? What are some signs that stress is getting too high? So we have four warning signs or symptoms of stress because typically we fit one, two, three, four categories. As humans, we like to categorize. Um, we're terrible at that. So what we need to do is kind of look beyond the categories and see where your symptoms lie. So we're going to group them as cognitive, emotional, physical, and behavioral. So let's look first of all at cognitive. So do you constantly worry? So when, you're bed, you, when you hit your pillow at the end of the night in your bed, does, do you, all of a sudden your eyes pop open and you're starting to worry? Uh, do you have racing thoughts? Do you tend to be forgetful and disorganized? Do you have an inability to focus? Do you have poor judgment? And can you be pessimistic? Do you see the negative side of things? Because those would tell us that typically when it comes to stress, you show cognitive signs. What about emotional signs? So when you're stressed, do you get easily agitated? Do you get frustrated and moody? Do you, do you bite people's heads off? Is it another way to say it? Do you feel overwhelmed, like you're losing control and need to take control? That's an awful feeling. Do you have difficulty relaxing and quieting your mind? Do you feel bad about yourself? Do you feel lonely, worthless? Do you feel low? Do you feel depressed? And do you avoid others? Physical signs, does your energy become really low? Do you get headaches? Do you get stomach issues? Aches and pains and tense muscles. A lot of people will get really, really tense through the shoulders in here. Do you have chest pains and does your heart beat rapidly? Oh, do you have insomnia? Can you just not get to sleep or you wake up and you can't get back to sleep? Do you, are you frequently sick? Not classifying COVID, obviously. Do you have a loss of sexual desire and or ability? Are you nervous? Do you shake? Do you get a ringing in your ear? Do you get cold or sweaty hands and feet? Do you get a dry mouth, difficulty swallowing? Do you clench your jaw and grind your teeth? I chew on my lip. So I have a little commute to get to, to work and um, I'll find that as I'm driving, I'm chewing on my lip. And the first thing I'll do is say, oh, what, what, what does that mean, right? What, what am I worrying about? And then it's only then can I identify my negative thoughts. Behavioral signs, are there changes in appetite? So maybe not eating or eating too much? Do you procrastinate? As it's related to stress, <laughs> not so much as a characteristic. Uh, do you avoid responsibilities? 
Do you turn to alcohol, drugs, or cigarettes? Do you exhibit more nervous behaviors such as nail biting, fidgeting, and pacing? So those are kind of the four categories. And again, they're not like there's much more that goes on with each category that you probably can identify. Um, I had a friend in university and uh, she was my roommate. And when she would get stressed, her nose would twitch. So behaviorally, I would know that she wasn't having a good day because her nose would, would twitch. And she didn't know it until I actually brought it to her attention. So we've talked quite a bit about stress. Could you also address the topic of burnout? What is burnout? Well, maybe start there. Burnout is very dangerous. Stress we can we can handle. We can handle some stress until it gets to be too much. So think of stress and burnout. Think of stress as a container within your body, like a big beaker, you know, those science beakers. And as the stressors build, it, it gets full, 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 full. And then at some point, if we don't deal with it, if we don't deal with the stress, it overflows. And now we become burnt out and we just don't care. We've got nothing left to give. So that's when we're moving into what is burnout. So we have been stressed to the max for a long time. So you know how earlier you had mentioned that there are some warning signs or um, symptomology of stress. Are there also warning signs for burnout? And there's three of them. So to start with, we have physical and emotional exhaustion. So exhaustion, we're looking at chronic fatigue. So if I'm tired, I go to bed or I have a nap and I wake up and I feel rejuvenated, I feel great. When I'm fatigued, I go to bed or I have a nap and I wake up tired. I cannot shake that tired feeling. It's consistent and it's chronic. So that's what we're talking about by that exhaustion. So that's one indicator. There's a whole list of other ones here. Insomnia, our concentration decreases, chest pains, our heart palpitates, uh, we lose shortness of breath, uh, tummy pain, dizziness, fainting, headaches, increased illness, loss of appetite, anxiety, depression, and anger. So it could be any one of those that fit within that exhaustion because we all show it different ways. Think about what happens when you're exhausted. Do you become angry? Some people do. That's their way to cope. Or do you kind of go into a shell? Uh, the next sign is cynicism and detachment. So this is where we're not having any fun at all. We're negative. We don't want to be around anybody. We detach from other people, but we also detach from ourselves. So we become very detached and very cynical, very, very negative. And the last one is the ineffectiveness and lack of accomplishment. So this is those feelings of hopelessness, helplessness. We're irritable. We can't be productive. And as a result, we have poor performance in our work and our home duties. Is there a way for people to tell um, whether they are just stressed or whether they are actually in the stage of burnout? People typically don't know they're burnt out until it's too late. They, they have no clues. Typically, people will bring it to their attention, say, look, you sound like you're burnt out because we get ourselves so submerged in stress that we can't see the burnout. If we can start to poke away at our to-do list or the things that are causing us stress, if we can start to eliminate some of those, we feel better. Our, our, our container inside of us, the stress starts to go down. So if they can control the stressors, we feel better.
Burnout, on the other hand, is when that stress has gotten too much, we have no control and it has spilled over. So now we're at the point where I feel empty, I have no motivation, and I just don't care. I have 10 clients in the waiting room and I just can't see them. So it voids you of any kind of emotion, productivity, motivation, you have no energy left. And it's a very dangerous state to be in. If excess stress is like drowning in responsibility, burnout is like being all dried up. And like I said, you typically will not notice burnout when it happens. Okay, so I think we have a pretty good understanding of stress and burnout and the difference between the two. Could you talk a little bit about what to do if you're in that scenario? So with stress and burnout, the first thing we need to do is we need to recognize. So we need to watch for the warning signs of stress and burnout. If you do um, have any kinds of signs of burnout, by the way, the first thing we need to do is to see a physician. It is a serious um, uh, mental illness um, and it can come on very quickly. So we need to get that addressed so that we can have that support that you need. So we're going to recognize it, which we've done. Then we're going to start to reverse it. So we're going to undo the damage by managing that stress and we're going to seek support. And then the last one is we're going to build resilience. So we're going to build resilience to stress by taking care of your physical and emotional health. Could you talk a little bit about that second part, that reversing? I That sounds, the word is simple, but I'm sure it's much more complicated than that. So could you um, describe a little bit more about how people can do that? Have you ever heard the um, expression, not my circus, not my monkeys? Um, you know, is there folks that we can really connect with and need to? Uh, is there folks that maybe we do not need to deal with maybe as much, if at all, because we can avoid a lot of unnecessary stress by not buying into people's drama or whatever they present to us. We don't have to attend every argument that is presented in front of us. In a way, we can, but in another way, we can't, right? We have to deal with some folks for whatever reasons we need to at work or at home. So I ask you, what are you willing and what are you not willing to do for people? And is it difficult for you to say no? And if it is difficult for you to say no, why is it difficult for you to say no? Um, what we find is that many of us have people pleasing qualities. Some of us don't, that's great, but some of us do. And it's very difficult to say no to some people. Um, I have no problem saying no to my kids, but you put me in a professional setting and ask if I can do more work, I'm probably not going to say no. Why? So, so try and figure out where you stand with that and, and what makes you say no certain times and what makes you say yes, because it's great to say yes too. We're Canadian. We're lovely people. We don't say no very often, but it is one of the biggest protection shields that we have. By saying no, you protect yourself. I understand the importance of setting boundaries and, and totally agree with what you're saying. I have a question about uh, what to do when it comes to things that you can't really uh, set boundaries about. So not just um, people that you can you know avoid or not avoid, but what about um, tasks or things that you might have on your list? I will actually make a list for my list. So I actually have two. Oh, you do that too. Okay. okay. <laughs> I actually have a couple. Oh my God. 
we actually have a couple uh, things going, lists going on at the same time. So what I want you to think about is your to-do list. Do you have on your to-do list, first of all, do you have things uh, set up as priority? So the most important things at the top and the least important things at the bottom. So if we can prioritize what's important and you know, at the bottom of your list, you'll always have those two, three items that you never get to ever. Now the research says that we can create a dump list, get rid of them, get it, get them off the list and just focus on the to do's that you can get to. So it kind of gives you permission to let that go, frees you up some time and energy to focus on the things that you can do. And as a result, will hopefully decrease your stress. I just wanted to go back to that idea about setting boundaries with people or putting some limits on the amount of time you spend with certain people. Do you have any advice about how to do that well? This is a big one. Um, so whether it's a co-worker or whether it's students or whether it's family or friends or community members, um, recognize that you have the control to say to these folks, well, in your own mind, I'm going to sit and listen to, I, 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 we live in a small town and I run into the same person every time and she has to tell me her problems over and over because I think she knows I'm a therapist. So I have it in my mind. I'm going to listen for two minutes. I'm going to listen to her for two minutes. And then all of a sudden I have to go to the bathroom. She probably thinks I'm always going to the bathroom and that's okay. Cause that gives me control because otherwise her venting causes me great stress. And I just, we just, I just don't need it. Right. So think about the individuals that may cause you stress. Can you limit your time with them? Sometimes, like I said earlier, it's, it's really hard not to, but if you're in a position where you can, let's take advantage of that. I've heard you talk earlier about um, making assumptions, and I wonder if you could talk here about the role that making assumptions plays in how people think and communicate. So we start to fill that brain with all these assumptions, and after a while, that we start to believe that it's truth, but it's a false truth. It's our truth, because we don't even know if it's true. We haven't even asked. We haven't even checked it out. So rather than assume, let's ask and let's get some information that we can move on. Takes away a lot of stress. Recommend this in your personal relationships too, right? Because we get so close to others, we think we know what they're thinking and we don't. That's not fair to them. And it's also not fair to you. So I'm really glad you just brought up uh, the different assumptions that you might be making both um, professionally and maybe in your personal life, because that segues really nicely into my next question, which is about balance and how can you balance the demands placed on you in those different spheres? How do you balance work and home? And right now it's with COVID, it's, it's so mixed. <laughs> It's, it's really, really tough and very stressful because we do have the puppies in the home. We do have kids in the home. Um, we're trying to do the best job we can with the resources that we have. It's extremely stressful. So having said that, um, how do you balance your world? The key to balancing is to be creative. So being creative in what we achieve and what we find fulfilling or finding meaning, meaning may be very different for you as it is for me. So we have to be creative and find ways that can help balance um, our world. We schedule in a meetings, we schedule in appointments, 
do your schedule in time for yourself. And if you don't, why aren't we doing that? What's the obstacle for you to do that? Because if I'm hearing that we're not, and I'm guilty as anybody, um, that doesn't mean that I'm important. It doesn't mean I'm important enough to schedule in time for myself or my self-care. And that's critical when we're trying to deal with stress and burnout. So let's schedule these things in and don't cancel them. Now we keep them. Would you cancel a meeting with a coworker? Probably not, but would you cancel a massage? Ask for assistance if required. It's always great to seek help. Um, sometimes people see this as a, a weakness or being vulnerable, but the problem here is that it's the opposite. Uh, it's a sign of strength to ask somebody for help and, and two heads, three heads, four heads are often better than one head. So if you can seek assistance, please do so. And that's, that's a lot of it, isn't it? Is, is communicating and normalizing some of these experiences and saying, you know what, other pe people are feeling the same as me. What, what can we do now? Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you and to learn from you. And I'm sure these are very practical things that many of us can put into place in our lives. So I want to thank you for taking the time to be on our show. Well, I thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Okay, so that was a great interview, Michelle. Um, maybe you would just tell us, just to close things off, um, maybe you could tell us two or three takeaways from that meeting. Mm -hmm. I found it helpful to have some ways to distinguish between burnout and stress. Having some really clear warning signs or some clear criteria that this is the difference. And, um, you know, if it's stress, these are some things that you can do. And if it's burnout, then you might need to talk to a health professional or take some more serious steps. Uh, so I found that line really helpful because I think people use the words similarly. And so it's helpful to have that distinguishing factor, I guess. I think that's um, a good idea because I think right now you're right. Like what you said at the beginning, we're all talking about how we're feeling stressed and I have no idea of whether my stress, how it relates to your stress or whether I have more stress than you do or less stress than you do. And mm -hmm. having some way to judge which side of the line I'm on, yeah. I think is really valuable. Yeah. And I liked that she talked about perceived stress too. And, you know, sometimes we can compare because I know what's on your calendar and you know what's on mine, right? So I can kind of look around and say, well, they seem to be carrying it all fine. Like, what's wrong with me? Why am I stressed about this? But uh, she talked about all the other things that you don't always see. And that depending on your personality, depending on what makes you energized and what doesn't, you might carry those things differently. And that's okay. And so I found that a really, I thought that was a really good point that you know, stress is based on how you perceive your own life. And it's not really about comparing to whether you think another person because you don't know, right? So I thought that was a really good point. So is there anything else? Hmm, yeah, I was just thinking, I, I liked that she had a lot of practical things to say, like practical tips about what to do. And the I think the takeaway for me is the idea of a dump list. So instead of carrying things on your list week to week to week, there it's okay to make a list of things that you're going to dump and just decide not to be responsible for those things. I think that's something I could do, but I haven't done it yet, but I think I should. I thought that was, I thought that sounded really freeing. 
because there are we all have those things for me they're usually household chores things that I think I should be doing that I think I should be doing like things like clean out the pantry that stays on my list for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and just just take it off you're not going to do it take it off and you're not going to do it and nobody is going to die because you didn't do it that's right and it's COVID no one's coming to my house anyways to see if my pantry's clean or not Thank you for listening to the Research Connection podcast. You can visit our website for links to everything that was mentioned in the episode and for more Research Connection content at www.brandonu.ca slash bu-cares. Be sure to rate and subscribe so you can stay up to date with current research that impacts your community. Thank you.